Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Well, welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partners in crime, Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes, both in studio. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Good. Good. It's fun to actually all be here. I know. I, know. I love it. Few I was far almost, between these days. I know. I was almost not here. <laughs> yeah. Spent the morning at the courthouse doing jury duty, but I was not one of the 90 picked for the uh, for wow. the jury selection. We were expecting you to record you feel, from you feel the left courthouse. Out? You know, I thought for a while, I was like, I'm probably going to be 90. I'm probably going to be yeah, number exactly. 90. And when the 90th person was called, everyone clapped for her. And then the clerk was like, they'll turn on you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> so it you was, could have just recorded from the, the courthouse like, like it was a, a news podcast. There you, you go. Know? Exactly. Can you excuse me, judge? Her, your honor, I'm recording right now. <laughs> exactly. Shh. <laughs> Could you tell the attorneys to keep it down, please? Yes, thank you, bailiff. Hey, while you're waiting, can I get your opinion on? <laughs> Ooh, that actually that would, would have be been a good podcast. No, <laughs> dang it, podcast. I didn't think about that. Okay, but guys, we're we're jumping back into the contradictions, uh, and so I'm going to throw it over to Bryn. Bryn, why are we doing contradictions, and then what are we going to be talking about during this episode? Yeah, I'm so yeah, I'm excited to continue this conversation. So. If this is the first podcast you've listened to since we've been doing this series, I just want to do a quick recap. We, a couple episodes ago, we started doing common biblical contradictions and just going through a lot of contradictions that we find online or through prominent people who have said, hey, this is um, why I'm not a believer or one of the roadblocks that I have to Christianity. And it's just a really common thing for people to talk about of saying, oh, the Bible is full of contradictions. There's so many. It's it's therefore untrustworthy is essentially mm-hmm. what they're saying. And so we've started going through some of those and just unpacking them because it's it's really helpful for our faith to not just know this this general expression of like, oh, the Bible has lots of contradictions, but let's actually do the work to dig into some of them and even teach ourselves and learn how to um, and hopefully help listeners learn how to unpack those things for themselves. So it's not intimidating when you hear, yeah. hey, the Bible has lots of contradictions and then just stop there. Right. And giving you guys tools to know how to unpack those. And so that's what we're doing. And we've been going through some of the, the more common ones mm-hmm. today. We're excited. We're going to unpack some of the alleged um, contradictions from science and the Bible. And yes. so this is a cool one because for a couple of reasons, and I'm curious to hear you guys opinion, but one of the reasons I think this is important is because to me, it's something I've heard a lot is, well, Christianity and, and science are at odds Yeah, right. and the Bible. And you have to either choose to believe the Bible or choose to believe science. Mm-hmm. And it's just presented as this false dichotomy and, it's something that I think a lot of people truly believe just oh, unknowingly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've met a lot of people who either believe that or have believed that. And that was mm. one of the, and I'm sure Chris, you have a couple of stories about this, but um, <laughs> just a few, but mm-hmm. it's even in people that are close to me in my life. Like that's been something that has been really important for them to have to wrestle with. Does science 
contradict the Bible and and vice versa. And so that's what we want to dig into today. And I think it'll be a really fun one. Some of these claims that Mm. um, people online or wherever are saying, you know, science contradicts the Bible or the Bible doesn't know what it's talking about when it comes to science and therefore Mm -hmm. shouldn't be trusted. Yeah. Well, let's let's unpack because we've talked about this way back. If you go back to our hermeneutics um, season as to what the Bible is. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's appropriate um, for people for us to acknowledge that the Bible is not was not written as a science textbook. And the authors, the writers of the Bible did not understand even conceptually science the way we do. They didn't see scientific I mean, the scientific method had not yet been developed. <clears throat> and our, our tendency, another episode that we did talking about moral issues, was that our tendency is to say, well, we're superior because of our understanding. Mm. And and the truth is, of course, we're always learning that what we believe scientifically is not perfectly accurate either. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a, a Veritaserum, I think that's the name of it, um, a podcast uh, video thing this morning about... The fact that what we believe about gravity is wrong. Hmm. Well, that's news to me. I mean, I've been taught I've been taught very clearly a certain way my entire life as a 50 year old. And now they're saying there is no such thing as gravitational force. That would be a big change. Right. Yeah. And so understanding, of course, our understanding of the natural world is constantly growing and changing. And I think and and I think recognizing that and I get the pushback someone would give say, like, well, but God should. Right. <laughs> have it accurate. I mean, God should have an accurate picture of it. They say that, but then they're evaluating the Bible and is what they would claim is maybe was God's opinion about something. I'm not as convinced of that, but it would be God's opinion about something scientific mm-hmm. based on today's understanding. Mm-hmm. And we might discover, for example, in the future that it is, for example, scientifically incredibly possible to make the sun stand still in the sky, mm-hmm. that that may be a uh, if, in fact, if you've got any science fiction, if we've got any science fiction readers out there, if you've read um, the th- the two body, the three body problem, I think it's called the three body problem. It's a science fiction book by a Chinese author, and he calls into question that there are twelve dimensions, for example, and and that's theoretically that's one of the things that's out there. Is it's not that we live in a four dimensional reality; we live in a twelve dimensional reality. Well. Mm. Our brains can't even, what? I mean, okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm having a hard time understending the three. I mean, I barely passed geometry, right. and so much less the fourth <laughs> one. Then now, you, okay, now you're making stuff up. Yeah. So to go, it may be that if you say, well, but, you know, the Bible says this happens, and that's yeah. not scientifically possible, I would say you maybe one, that could be a miracle of some kind, God stepping into reality and mm-hmm. changing the rules because he would have the capacity to do that, or two, it's absolutely plausible. We just lack the scientific understanding to do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But I encourage people to, to research it because what we're about to discover is most of the things that people listed in the, the list, Bren, that you that you sent to us the, of the ones you had found are just not right. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the face level, that isn't what the Bible says. Yeah. And so we're, yeah. And even that's a tough one. So can I, can I interrupt real quick? The... I guess I, I just want to make sure we're uh, defining our terms. Like, what do we mean when we say science in either way? Like, mm-hmm. let's Good just question. quickly define what we mean by the scientific method. Right. And then also when people are like, well, the Bible doesn't al- like 
when the Bible doesn't align with science, yeah. what, right. what are they, what, what do we think they're probably meaning Great when they question. say those? Go for it. You were homeschooled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Therefore I know all the science. That's right. Yes. Um, I, my understanding is that people mean whatever's recorded in scripture or stated as a fact, or even some people like you're saying, um, who are saying this happened in the Bible are saying that it doesn't line up with reality as we know it. When we look at nature around us or the laws of nature or the way that the world functions, that it doesn't accurately describe what happens. Okay. Is that, I think that's that's the critique, but the, the definition, I think the scientific method, what we're talking about is a, is a, uh, a source of knowledge, empirical evidence or scientific knowledge as a source. One of the five, that we talked about the five sources of knowledge, reason, um, reason, history or authority, uh, intuition, revelation, and empirical evidence or scientific knowledge mm-hmm. is the last one. And so this is going to be things that you can hypothesize about and then test it um, within the physical world. And so oh, you, you were asking you, for the definition. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm just saying my understanding of what's happening. Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I think, I think that's the, that's what the scientific method is the process by which you test scientific knowledge mm-hmm. um, or empirical evidence. So you make a hypothesis, you say, this is what, this is what I think is going to happen under these certain conditions. Um, and so then you posit the opposite of that and you say, okay, then I'm going to test the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And then you test it and you see what kind of results you come. Did your, was your hypothesis right? Or was your first assumption right? And so, um, mm-hmm. or neither of the two, as often turns out to be the case in modern mm-hmm. science. Um, mm-hmm. We're just like, well, okay, no one, we all swung and missed at this one. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us predicted correctly what was going to happen. And so yeah. um, that's a, I think understanding science is a methodology. It is a, a systematic study of the structure, the behavior, the details, the laws, the rules of the physical and natural world. That's what it is. And so, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't measure, um, you know, the mass of angels on the head of a pin because angels are spiritual things. They're not in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, there's certain things you can't test with science. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and we talked about actually one of our examples of nonsensical statements was that scientific knowledge or empirical evidence is the only source of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's nonsensical because you can't scientifically prove that science Scientific knowledge is the only form of knowledge. You, mm-hmm. you have to use reason and rationality mm. and maybe authority and other things to, in order to prove that. So that's all we mean by science. But I think when people say the word science, yeah, that's what exactly what Brian is saying. They mean our, as we understand it today. Yeah. Yeah. So as we understand it today, donkeys don't talk. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Also- or, or it's like, according to the science and the way that the world works, the observable reality that we live in, mm-hmm. you can explain... X or Y given, you know, we were talking about David and Goliath, right? You you know, gosh, months and months ago now on a different podcast. Yeah. And what we were saying was there, Malcolm Gladwell released a book. Oh yeah. And, and mm-hmm. he was kind of talking about, well, this is why David was able to defeat Goliath. Here are my practical or scientific or mm-hmm. medical reasons why this is actually true. Yeah. And so, I, I wonder, and that's kind of getting off on a tangent, but in a way of like, okay, now we're trying to read the Bible as a sign, like reading science into it 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just wonder if there's levels of that as well. You know, I mean, obviously it was like not using written science that, to excuse miracles. Yes. Yes. Or just like the, whether it's right. I, I mean, I think there's levels to it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you can, you can use it to say, well, that wasn't the power of God. Right. That was a medical issue that this right. person was having. Right. Um, and so that doesn't, you know, that doesn't give you evidence for God or whatever. And then there's also the the contradiction, which I think we're talking about more now, which is, oh, well, this cannot happen because of what we see is presented as scientific evidence today. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But okay. I also think your comment about the science, we've talked about this before too, but people also get into the habit of saying the science, like it's, it's, it is its own entity. That's right. Like right. Right. The science is like this whole and, and without defining right. it. That's right. And so you just pit this ambiguous entity, the science against right. the Bible. And it's right. like, what are we even talking about? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the, as the, if it's its own, that's right. As if it's a, its own force within the universe yes. is the science. the science. So you have, you know, you have weaker force, stronger force, gravitational force, although apparently that's now up to debate, um, <laughs> and the science. Um, yep. And it's that's, that is when you've become, created something kind of called scientism, and now it's a religion. Mm. And you have, and you do see that. You do see people, I actually had a discussion with someone who said, how do you know science won't eventually explain that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, I don't, but do you understand that's called blind faith? Right. Like when, yeah. you, when you're, when you're like, Hey, I believe so strongly in science that I believe someday it will solve all problems. Yeah. Fair. Call that a religion mm-hmm. yeah. and, and call it what it is, which is again, okay, fine. I mean, good luck with that. And mm-hmm. I hope, I hope that, you know, that works, but that's, but, but I let's think when call, we let's look at these examples, call it yeah, what yeah. it is. Um, and so, so when we look through these examples, um, that you sent, so let's, let's look at some of these yeah. and the, and I agree with you, these show up time after time. Yeah. Well, and um, I think part of it's yep. the thought that intelligent people believe in science yes. and less intelligent people believe in religion. That's right. That's, but it's like a train of thought that even if people wouldn't come out and say that, that's a common yes, it is. lie that is presented. Another reason. And it is a very much so a misconception. Right. Yeah. Right, there's right, not right. good. There's not great evidence for that. Okay. You want to go through the. Yeah. Pick, pick, pick the, pick whatever you've got, whatever okay. order you want to go in. Cause I, oh, <laughs> actually, we were going to comment on this. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to be speaking a little more. Yeah. That's not because I'm the pastor or something like that. I literally had I'm a margin. That's right. <laughs> I had some margin this last weekend to spend a couple of hours digging into these. Mm-hmm. This is research that I think almost anyone could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any adult could do. Now, I think my only advantage is I have a better indicator of the trustworthy sources. Right. Okay. Then maybe maybe everyone but would. But that's because of practice. I mean, practice, but that's just practice. essentially. Yeah. Right. I know which sources turn out to be more accurate than others for the most part. But um, yeah, this was mostly done through a series of commentaries, um, language critiques, that kind of stuff to find out what are the, what do these actually say? What do they not say? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I, well, I compiled a list of some yeah, really fun good. science, um, passages and we'll go through a couple of them, but let's just start with, this is kind of a funny one to me. So let's start with the earth being flat. Can we start oh, there? Yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because we all know it is yes. moving on. No stopping. <laughs> so we can pull up these verses, but 
Yeah, yeah there we are all pull up the verses. Pull up these verses. This is really fun. I'll get the Revelation one. Okay. Um, the verses that we are about to read, just so that the listener can follow along if you are not driving or doing something else <laughs> exactly. that requires your attention. Um, we are going to read Revelation 7, 1, Jeremiah 16, 19, and Isaiah 11, 12, yep. which are all verses that have been referenced by one group or another <clears> that <throat> indicating that that the earth is flat in their opinion. And keep in mind that would be okay. If this is just a historical book, like there'd be no reason to complain about that. A lot of people thought the earth was flat back then, right? Oh yeah. Good thought. And so this is only a problem if this is inspired by the Holy spirit. And if the Holy spirit thinks the earth is flat, then either we have a problem that the Holy spirit is ignorant (laughs) or we are the flat earthers are right. Right. Or, you know, one, we have a problem where the other, right? Yeah. Or so th- that. it's that it wasn't inspired because it was written by man. And at the time, men thought that the earth was. That's flat. right. Yeah, and that's know. all you have. Right. OK, so I'll read Isaiah eleven twelve, which says he will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Nice. That is literally it. <laughs> and Revelation 7, 1 says. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Jeremiah sixteen nineteen. Let me see. Actually, I think I may have the verse wrong on this I, one. I think it's Jeremiah sixteen nineteen. Because when he I'm just says, this one seems more vague. Is it just from the ends of the earth? Yeah. yeah when he says, "To you shall all the nations come from the ends of the earth." It's just yep. the imagery that's indicating. Like the earth would flat. have an end. Yeah. Has four corners and an end. Okay. Is not continuously circular. Okay. It's, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the first thing <laughs> I want you to do is if you hadn't already looked at those, what are you feeling? Are you like, man, that is some rock solid <laughs> argument that the Bible thought that whoever, whoever inspired the Bible thought the earth was flat. Feeling, feeling a little going to call BS on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, that's, you said how I feel. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. I'm just going to say. You can't argue with how you feel now. Yeah. Exactly right. So that's, so I, go ahead. What were you going to well, say? Well, I was just going to say, my first thought is I haven't even read these verses in context right. today. And it immediately seems like it's, Im- it's imagery. It's creating a picture, right. describing something. It's not that he's saying, here's some here are some trustworthy facts about the earth. <laughs> right. He's describing something else altogether. Well, and, and when you also consider where they're coming from, there's like Isaiah tends to have a lot, a lot of, of imagery. imagery. Yeah. yeah. A lot. All uh, yeah. prophetic. Yes. Literature. Yes. Right? yes. Um, it is funny to me that you would go see, they think the earth is flat now that, I mean, that's it. I, I, this guys, <laughs> this is what I was talking about the other day. I had someone tell me that I was setting up a straw man, like, oh, you just picked some really terrible arguments and then showed how ridiculous they were in that last podcast. And I was like, I picked the top 10 off the first hit <laughs> off the atheist website. Like, yeah. The main I think the ones I pulled were from the American Humanist Society there you go. or something. Yeah. So the These, first emotion this is, is not what I'm pulling. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first emotion is disappointment. Yeah. That, yeah. You're like, that's like, that's it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's your whole argument. So 
Hey, let me have some fun with this. So, do, having done the research, I got to have a little get to have a little fun. You were with researching this. whether or not the Earth was flat. Exactly. You found out exactly right. I now know the answer. Um, the Hebrew word for corners means wings. Oh. It's the word for wings. It means extremity, the outliers. That's cool. ironically, the translation corners is a Western thing, not a biblical thing. So the idiom is translated into English, the four corners of the world, because the four corners of the world is terminology that Westerners have used for a long time. Who should know better. Who, we, who know <laughs> the earth is not flat. Yeah. Okay. So, and by the way, no one thinks the earth is square. Yeah. And this would imply not only that you think it's flat, but that it's square. Or at, least, has, four or at least has. Or at least rectangular. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. or octagonal. Or at right, least right, four right. of the at corners, right? At least four right angles. So, not, not even. Never mind. Yeah. So the corners issue is actually an English idiom. It is in no way Hebrew. The Hebrew would have said the four wings of the earth. Now, you may go, oh, so the earth has wings. That's what you're saying. Right. No. So clearly, this the is a word is that a means bird. extremity. It means extremity. The outward edges. That's how it's used all through Hebrew scripture. Hmm. The Jeremiah one is not that same word. This is the word that means the end, where nothing starts. Hmm. In other words, the edge. So the literally the ends of the earth in Jeremiah, you shall the nation um, to you shall the nations come from the ends of the earth, does not in any way apply uh, an edge. It just means from all over. From from the edge, as in, so there is a case to be made. And by the way, I have a. Uh, we can even put it in the show notes if we want to. Um, I have a uh, a link for a, a research paper done on this. The best evidence is that what the Hebrews believed was very similar to what the Greeks then later believed, which was that the Earth is a sphere. Mm-hmm. Which again, except for some of our friends. That's what we pretty much all agree with. And that it was surrounded with concentric spheres. There was a sphere where the moon was, mm. a sphere where the... So the, it's like concentric spheres that have things in them. Mm-hmm. There was spheres around that and spheres around that and spheres around that. So Hebrews thought the earth was a sphere? A sphere. Probably. Mm. Okay. Now, we don't know for sure because they didn't leave behind a lot of scientific textbooks because yeah. they didn't have any scientific textbooks. Um, the, re- the, the, will will come just for fun. In fact, how about this? So I consider those absolutely, uh, worthless in the, to make the case that, that early, that, that the Hebrews or the author Hebrews or the Holy spirit implied that the earth was flat. Mm-hmm. Mm. I also, the ones I'm about to give you, I don't think are super compelling that the, that the authors thought the world was a sphere. However, mm. I can make just as good a case or better with these Bible verses. Ready? Mm-hmm. I need Isaiah 40, 22. I got it. Mm-hmm. And then Colson, if you'll mm-hmm. get Job 26, 7. Got it. All right. Let's hear Isaiah 40, 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Okay. I would say that's at least as good an argument that Isaiah thought the earth was spherical or at least a circle as the argument the opposite direction. Okay. Next is Job 26.7. He stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. There you go. So there's hmm. a, we are surrounded by a void and we hang in the midst of that. 
So these are, these are. That's cool. Yeah. So this is a, the, the, I, I don't, again, I don't think any of those four passages are meant to argue science. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of those four passages are necessarily meant to explain this is this is the nature of the world. Mm-hmm. I think they are giving a pictorial and an and, and idiomatic, an imagery mm-hmm. of something God is doing, a poetic imagery. I think all four of them are. Mm-hmm. So I would also not argue those passages, the passages I listed to argue. However, I think the passages I listed are better. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they make a stronger argument that they think that, that they they thought of the earth as hanging in space as a giant ball mm-hmm. than, uh, than the other argument makes the argument that they thought it was a fat, a flat thing with corners. Mm-hmm. That's now, really cool. Let's look at the revelation. Yeah. I told you this would be fun. Let's look at the revelation one. Okay. Um, again, now this is the Western world. This is Greek. So remember the revelation is written in Greek, literally the end of the earth in four directions. So here's what the Greeks knew. The Greeks knew there were four directions what we call north, south, east, and west. There are four magnetic directions. The phrase that's used there means like four roads and the and where they end. So so the, the idea of the corner, it does mean corner in that it's something that a that corners something else. So like that I'm trying now drawing with my hand, which is yeah. really good on a podcast. Um, a north and south line, I'll, I'll an up sh- and down line, yes. and an east and west line, a, a sideways line, a vertical and a horizontal. Mm-hmm. They meet in the middle and therefore create four directions that are from four corners. Hmm. So again, the Revelation passage is not in any way implying that the earth has outward corners like a square does. It more is implying that the earth has an inward series of corners like a graph does. Hmm. Interesting. Which is, we call those longitudes and latitudes. Um, and so this is a, by the way, something else that's fun about this is the Greeks also use this idiom to mean something that has been hidden before, like in a corner. Hmm. So like you throw throw a piece of trash in a corner so no one sees it. Um, in fact, the, one of the great iron, I actually kind of chuckled at this, is that apparently this was used anytime a secret was revealed meant you had come out of the corner. <laughs> and we have a different terminology yeah. for that in our country, <laughs> come out of the closet. Um, but it's intriguing to me that that was the. Mm. That's and so and I, the idea here is that God is going to call these spirits from where they have been hiding mm. and now bring them together. Are these four winds from where they've been mm. hiding in the corners, the four mm. corners? So again, this makes absolutely no argument for the idea that it's that it's flat. Yeah. Okay. And so let's That's look really let's neat. look at another New Testament one, Luke 17, 34 through 36. You got that one, Bryn? Yeah. 17, what verse? 34. I say I got it, and then I'm like, oh, what? Wait a minute. Is that right? Luke 17, 17 34. 34. That doesn't look right. And 37, 34 through 36. I don't know if that makes any sense at all now that I'm looking at it, though. I wonder if I trans transliterated that incorrectly. Is there anything in that that looks spherical? <laughs> That's what I was looking at. It's the passage where that the rapture, right? Yeah, he's talking about the rapture. Hmm. Oh well, maybe maybe it's not good. Scratch that one. Scratch <laughs> it. Scratch it. <laughs> That's what I get this for is not good though. This for is not double the checking process. it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, 
There you go. We'll come back to it. Okay. If that turns out Great. to be. Yeah. Okay. That's... Now someone, someone here is claiming one of the research articles I read claimed, uh, kind of claimed that Luke 17, 34 through 36 implies that Jesus knew the earth was spherical. I don't understand why that would argue that the, the yeah, earth was spherical. Anything. I mean, people get drawn up from it, but that doesn't. Yeah, I'm not buying his yeah. argument. Yeah. Sorry, not getting it. That's okay. Mr. What's-His-Name, who argued this. Mr. What's-His-Name. That in that night, there will be two in bed, one will be taken and one left, two women grinding, one taken and the other left. Yeah, I don't see that at all. Yeah, I don't, anyway, I'd have to read his argument, but I don't have time for it. This is why. Yep. Yeah, this is good, though. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, wait, so, so what I would that... say is the article that I referenced, which I don't, I'm not going to try to do the website. I'll send it to you and you put it in the Great. show notes, argues for that what... Um, what the Hebrew people probably believed about space. Mm -hmm. That's a really good, it's a really good research paper. That if somebody's interested in that, they can check that out to mm -hmm. see more details about that. Yeah, that's great. That's really interesting. Good, um, good, great. good. And like you said earlier, a lot of these seem like they're obscure, <laughs> like we just pulled them out of, you know, nowhere. But a lot oh, of no, them are not. from, yeah, like I, the, I pulled up the website that I was looking up a lot of these and one one of the websites was the American Humanist um, organization, yeah. which is like a very recent website, you know. Oh, yeah. Very well done. Um, yeah. Okay. You want to do another one? Yep. Let's do another one. Okay. Do you have a preference? I mean, I can just pick, just pick one of one. these. Okay. Um, let's do, let's do the sun standing still. Okay. Because it's, it's from a story. Yep. In Joshua. And... Y'all jump over to Joshua chapter 10. And this one is an actual story. It's not just like prophecy mm -hmm. or. Yep. This is in a narrative, a historical narrative. Narrative. Thank you. Okay. How many verses of this do you want me to read? Well, the summary is that Joshua is fighting a battle mm -hmm. and he's pursuing his enemies. And uh, why don't you pick up. I think where the enemies kind of run into the woods or something and God starts sending hail after them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Verse 11. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah and they died. And there were more who died because of the hailstones and the sons of Israel killed with the sword. At that time, verse 12, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel and he said in the sight of Israel, sun stand still at Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. Sure. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. And there has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Okay. All right. That's all right I think that's about all the time that we have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, what are your, when you read that, what do you think is happening? Okay. Just an observation. If you're reading the scripture, uh -huh. it, it is written differently than the rest of the passage. So it's, it is. it's it, written like a, a poem. Like a poem. That's yes. right. that, isn't that interesting that yes. it is offset it's like the, in the middle. The, some of those words. Yes. Yeah. 
But then it then it seems to clarify it, it after does. after uh-huh. that. It um, does seem to clarify that that this actually was the experience. Yes. So Joshua asks God. Uh, he asks God to essentially still the sun to give them more time. Mm-hmm. Now it sure does seem like so. There's a lot of ways to come at this one. Mm-hmm. It sure does seem like this feels like an idiom kind of language. Like, mm. man, I wish the sun would stand still. Like, give us more, we just, right. more time. I wish time would stop. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when you're hanging out with your loved one and yeah. the clock is running mm-hmm. and you're like, I wish time would just stop. Or yeah. your kid's about to go off to college. You all haven't anything like experienced that yet, but I have. <laughs> and you're like, just <sighs> makes time stop right now. Yeah. And, and it is possible. In fact, it's probably super likely that that is one of the things that's, that's that is a very real interpretation of this mm-hmm. is that is that Joshua is saying God stretch the time like multiply our time multiply our time yeah. and then in fact when you read it it says that that the sun didn't hurry mm-hmm. is the language again later like okay so it seemed like the day went it, minutes turned to hours mm-hmm. you know time slowed I I actually think that's an extremely likely potential for this passage. Now that doesn't answer plenty of others, but because yeah. you still have hail stones falling out of the sky, killing people just. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still, there's a miracle going on here mm-hmm. regardless, and you've got to be comfortable with miracles. Mm-hmm. Now let's, let's rescue all of you Christians out there who think that we can trace back the calendar of the earth and that we're missing okay, was, 24 hours. I was wondering if you're going to bring okay, that up. No, that is, that is not a thing. Don't, don't do that. Like that is, that is, there's not a day missing from history. There would be no way to really test that if there was, that, that is not a thing. Let that go. Um, that's kind of, that's an old wives tale. Like, you know, that's, you know, and that's why men have one less rib than women, um, which, that, which we don't, by the way, um, same number of ribs. Um, and so that, that type of old wives tale version is offensive to the scientific understanding, Mm. obviously. So that's one. Or... It could be, because here's what's wild. The sun standing still in the sky. Now, this is something we've talked about several times in the podcast. In fact, we talked about it, I think this episode, surely this, this episode will have come back before this, will come out before this one, where we talk about the fig tree mm-hmm. uh, withering. And that it seems like the two different passages you have in, in the two different gospels are very different. In one of them, the tree withers instantly, and the other one, the disciples are shocked that it's withered the next morning. And I said, I've never, my personal, I've never had a problem with the fact that different authors are writing from their perspectives, mm-hmm. inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it, it still would include Matthew apparently didn't notice that the tree wilted instantly, mm-hmm. and Peter did, or vice versa, right? And so one of them would write it the way they experienced it. The next morning, you know, Matthew shows up and is like, oh my gosh, it wilted all the way. Yeah. And whereas Peter was standing there, a little longer while Matthew headed up the hill and therefore Mark says it will immediately. So I have no, pro- I have no, pro- I get why some yeah. people would go, well, but which one would the Holy Spirit say happened? Yeah. And that would be difficulty. And I think it's that the Holy Spirit did not feel like that was a piece of information needed to be protected from people's experiences. I have, yeah. I have no issue with that. I think what we see here is Joshua's perspective mm. was that it stayed lit all day and all night. That for whatever reason, a light was provided in the sky for Joshua to continue fighting. So I think it either is an idiom, meaning it's the man. We had we had way more time than I thought we would have to kill bad guys. Or 
what happened was God provided a light all night. Mm -hmm. Now, a God could, of course, handle all the ramifications of stopping the literally stopping the sun 93 million miles away in space, stopping the rotation of the earth, the the, the spherical action of the, I mean, the, uh, you know, the tilting on its axis, all the planets, Mm -hmm. the moving through space. I mean, if he's God, sure, Mm -hmm. he could do that. I don't think that's being demanded of this passage at all. Mm. I think this passage is either saying it stayed lit all night or it's just an idiom. Like, mm-hmm. man, I thought we were going to run out of time way before we ran out of time. So, but then is that problematic if it's like re seemingly presenting a miracle and then explaining it as, does that take away like a miraculous aspect of it? I don't think it has to. Um, so, Two answers to that. One, yes, it may be. This mm-hmm. may so the hail may be a miracle. Yeah. And the sun standing still isn't. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. not everything that we would interpret as a miracle has to be a miracle, mm-hmm. especially not when we use warfare kind of language, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Dramatic type of poetic language. And so that's that's okay. It doesn't that doesn't have to be it's okay if a miracle is removed because we understand the language better. Mm. Um now that's not it doesn't mean there are not other mir- doesn't miracles. doesn't mean there are another. In fact, yeah. like I was saying, in this passage, there is a miracle happening, which yeah. is God is striking down their enemies with hail the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I think that's the case. So I think one of those two is the best explanation. Um, one of them is clearly a miracle. There was a light source all night. But that's not that big a miracle. We can do that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we can create light sources all night. Um, the fact that God could have done that 3,000 years ago is... Or a little more, three mm-hmm. and a half thousand years ago. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't feel like, well, that's too big a leap, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or it was, this was language they used. And it's especially the fact that it's introduced as a poetic form there is really intriguing. Yeah. It's like it's a song they sung mm-hmm. periodically. God, let the sun stand still mm-hmm. so that we have more time to do your will. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would, Make a good, pretty good hymn now. In fact, yeah. You know, yeah. Note that one, Colson. There you go. It even rhymed. Then your list. Perfect. To, the, uh, the other thing, yeah. So, <laughs> verse fourteen. I think I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, that was my question. Go ahead. Yeah, because there is, there has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. That doesn't, that doesn't necessitate like. Well, then, it, it has to have been that the sun technically stood still it, it but does. with One those, way or another, right. right those those words don't indicate that like it could there could have been never been a day like that that the lord provided a light or is it is that what you're saying that was you my know? question it does ah. seem momentous like the the phrases the sentences after still seem like there was something oh sure worth marking about this day okay so look at it what's worth marking but the Lord heeded the voice of a man. There you go. What's what's mm-hmm. cool about it, it's not that God fought for them. That's not unique. That happened yeah. all the time. Yeah. What's unique is it wasn't God's idea. It was it was Joshua spoke to the Lord and called out to God, Hey God, mm-hmm. sun, stand still in the stand still at Gibeon, moon in the valley of Ajalon, meaning not here, but someplace else. Mm-hmm. And it did. So, so he, Joshua shouts out to God to, to make this, to do this thing. And God does it. Mm-hmm. That's what's so shocking. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. So I mean, you think God the shock is in that, not yes. the fact that there was like something different about the sun happening. 
It's more that he listened to the voice of a man. Yes, I, I think that's absolutely because that's what it says when it's that he heeded the voice. There has been no day like it nor since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, God does fight for Israel all the. I mean, He's done it before. Yeah. He does it after. He does it all around this. Um, what's wild is Joshua in the midst of his panic and his concern. We're running out of time. We've got to defeat these bad guys. Mm-hmm. Make the sun stand still in the sky, and it did. Mm-hmm. And hailstone fell out of the sky and defeated, killed more of the enemy than the yeah. Israelis could. And so that's what was shocking was that that God heeded the opinion of Joshua. Mm-hmm. That's what would have shocked people about this. I mean, they were they'd seen God do plenty of miracles. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was shocking that God cared what Joshua wanted yeah. under these conditions. What Joshua called for. So. Anyway, that's a cool one. Yeah. That's but, what I think is going and on. And then there. I think we have to mention that it's the written in the book of Jashar, you know, just because it, I think if people are reading this, they'd be like, well, let's go look up the book and see what's written. And it's, oh, that's a good question. It's a book of the Apocrypha, right? Which has, I think has been lost. I am not. I did not look that up. I'm pretty sure it's um, a book that was like of the Apocrypha, but... <laughs> Has not been <laughs> canon. <laughs> you just heard that sound. That was that was Colson passing yawning. out on the ground. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, I just called you out. That's all right. Um, yes, but a book that has, I think, has been lost. There's been like a lot of attempted forgeries. I can, yeah, I haven't like done a, a deep dive on this, but, um, but I thought it was. But worth how wild noting. If it's- Something that allegedly was available to be referenced by the authors. Right. So it's like, like as a supporting yeah, as a supporting document. That's so whatever really actually happened, you know, it kind of reminds me of we can't go back and reference it now, which is unfortunate. Right, exactly. But whoever's you know, reading this, it's he's specifically saying, like, hey, you can also reference this. It's written. Kind of like it reminds yes. it's a lesser thing, obviously, but it reminds me of the verse in the New Testament where it's where Jesus appeared to 500 people and it says who are still alive to this day. Like you can go and ask them that this happened. We're like, so, oh my goodness, they're still alive. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah exactly. <old>. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Elrond. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. I thought it was worth mentioning because yeah. we don't, yeah. I don't think we have a lot of information about the book of J Sharp. As was. far as I know, we have nothing that we, we yeah. have any confidence in. And, yeah. we're, and it's referenced according to this Google search just three times. Okay. In the Bible. But Joshua. it's still That's one cool. of those things that it's, it's given it's some somehow presented as evidence to them, the mm. reader at the time. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very Sweet. good. That's another good one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't. Is, I don't think that's a deal breaker. By the way, if you're like, yeah. hey, I I might want to be a Christian, except for that whole yeah, God, sun standing the, the sun standing skill thing. I think is too problematic. Yeah. I or, don't think it needs to be. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Good. Awesome. We would do another one, or are we out of time for well, this I think, one? I think we're out of Take time for this one. But okay. That was awesome. If you have any science questions, hit us up, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers.